All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Be Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Murphy, managing partner of Big Night Fitness. It's been a little bit, but we appreciate you guys coming back. We are in a new studio, uh, the, the Big Night Studios, or out here it just says B Studio, in the TD Garden. This place is fantastic. It is exquisite. I feel like I am way above my pay grade. Hurley isn't even in the room with me. He's in a separate room, so I don't even have anyone to talk to or anyone to bounce ideas off of or to save me on this one. So we're shooting from the hip. And one of the things that has been brought to my attention, uh, because we live in this fitness community, you know, I'm currently in a fitness community with CrossFit, with my own gym, with Big Night Fitness, with everything that we have uh, in Charlestown, and then as well as you know, I have friends that coach at Barry's Boot Camp, at Everybody Fights, at you know CrossFit, Southie, all of these different areas. I'm kind of already in this community, but I think the the step back from that is how do you approach or how do you get into a new community? Because it's probably a little bit more difficult um, than just joining a gym. You know, I think about you know my my past before CrossFit. And it's like you, you know, you join a 24-hour fitness. I remember the 24-hour fitness in Pacific Beach in San Diego. And it wasn't really a place where anyone other than the people signing you up were going to reach out to you or talk to you. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not trying to knock on 24-hour fitness. It's just a little bit of a different business model. So if you're moving to a new city or you are traditionally at this type of gym and you are looking to become a part of a community here's a little bit of advice that I have for you. Now, a lot of my advice is pretty specific to CrossFit because that's what I have the most amount of experience in. However, I think it, it's relatively universal, so you can kind of pick and choose. And then give me feedback too. If you go and try this and it doesn't work, uh, let me know. But for a lot of people and a lot of friends that I have, um, it has worked pretty well. So I think the first thing you need to do is find out um, – how you'd like to train. Is it a class that has treadmills and dumbbells every time? Is it a CrossFit gym? Is it something where you just want to run? Is it a Pilates class? Is it women's only? Is it, you know, whatever it's towards, find out what you want and then kind of do some research on more than just one gym rather than kind of putting all your eggs in one basket. I'll always tell this to someone you know, if someone reaches out to me and I'm able to look up the town that they're living in and I can look on a website for a CrossFit affiliate, the first thing I do is look for, are there anyone at this affiliate or is there anyone at this affiliate that has the CrossFit level three? If they do, then I know that they care about their craft because that's a heck of a test to take and pass. So if you're doing that, you're doing the right things and odds are they care about their members. However, that's not an end all be all. If you walk into a CrossFit gym you sign up for a membership or you sign up for a drop-in and the coach or no one else approaches you, says hello, introduces themselves to you or asks you what your name is, you can find a different gym. And I want you to find a gym, not just CrossFit affiliate, but find a place that makes you feel welcome from the start because odds are it doesn't just get better than that, right? It doesn't, you don't walk in there, no one says anything to you and then all of a sudden day three, they're like, oh, hey, welcome, nice to see you. It's like, off the bat, there's got to be there's got to be some sort of effort on their part for you to be able to fit into this community, and and then from there, it's just really being an outstanding member, um, asking questions, not just to hear yourself talk. Trust me, I'm very guilty of that, but asking legitimate questions to make sure that you're doing the right thing. 
You know, you don't always have to be the member that's like, hey, will you look at my form on this one to make sure it's good to go? You know, coaches will coach, um, give them the time uh, to do that. But, you know, asking questions as well, you know, what, you know, what is the, when you say heavy weights, what should I be able to do? Someone's like, oh, grab a heavy weight for deadlifts. Check, oh, how many, how many reps do you think I should be able to do here? Just to, you know, have an understanding. And it's not just a question that's just random, but any questions that you have, like, feel free to ask. Be direct, short, you know, actionable, like a coaching cue. You know, what would you like me to do here? And then do it. And, you know, it is kind of hard and this isn't, you know, this isn't like an exact science to it, but when people are reaching out to you, you know, let's say you, you get into a gym and someone asks, oh, you know, what's your name? You know, hey, I'm Connor. I just moved here from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm you know, super excited to get into a new gym. And then that's when the dialogue kind of starts. You know, someone reaches out to you and, and, and this kind of goes across the board. And a mentor of mine told me this one time, and I don't want it to sound contrived. This is in a very, very genuine setting. If you can get people, well, people will find you to be the most interesting person they've met if you can get them talking about themselves. And now I mean this in a way of, of what was told to me from Chuck Carswell is ask one more question. You know, if someone approaches you, hey, you know, where are you from? They're trying to get to know you, but understand in order to have that conversation, it needs to be more than just something one-sided. Oh, I'm Connor. I'm from Boston. I used to train at Reebok CrossFit 1. I've actually been doing CrossFit for about 13 years. In 2017, I went to the CrossFit Games. People are like, oh, really, really cool. Awesome. I'm, you know, I met this person. Instead of that, being able to take a step back and, hey, you know, what's your name? Oh, I'm Connor. I'm from Boston. You know, are you from here? Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm born and raised. We're in Detroit. You know, born and raised here. Oh, awesome. Like around this area? Oh, well, well, actually just a little bit down the road from here, but I work in here now. How long have you been a part of this affiliate? Oh, cool. Yeah, I've been looking for a new gym. So, you know, just, just trying out some new gyms. And then they're going to have some feedback. Be like, well, I love this gym. Actually, a couple miles down the road, there's, you know, blah, blah, blah gym that does this and that. And, you know, it's just kind of laugh it off. But asking those questions and getting people to talk about their stories is a way to actually make yourself more interesting, Rather than even if you have the most interesting and incredible story that people will want to hear, it's like allowing them to pry that out of you, similarly prying information out of people. And I think that approach just no matter who you are or what you've done or how you know, cool or whatever, you know, fill in the blank under there. You can always be overbearing, especially when not necessarily desperate, but finding a new community and finding you know, new people and friends. So I always feel that that more so reserved approach and asking more questions is a, is a really, really good way to, um, to kind of get in with a new group and, and allowing, you know, the coach of the group to introduce you. And then, you know, odds are, I'm Connor from Boston. Someone's like, oh, my cousin lives in Boston. My cousin, you know, Tommy, he's out there in South Boston and having those conversations and not like trying to force things to happen. I guess that's kind of the big piece of it. And, you know, it, it kind of, it's awesome. People are walking by here and like waving. And I just realized this hat, it's such an appropriate hat, um, is Miller Ranch. So Kevin Miller was a defenseman for the Bruins and he lives out in Utah now and has this giant ranch and he has these hats with Miller Ranch. So I just feel it's appropriate to debut the Miller Ranch hat on the BeFit podcast at the TD Garden. 
moving on to the topic that we were already talking about before I got distracted. Um, so it's, we talk about that in a gym setting, and that can be very, very beneficial. <clears throat> Finding a new gym, you know, not going in there, trying to meet everyone. Hey, what's your name? Hey, what's your name? Hey, what do you do for work? It's like, just kind of relax a little bit. Maybe, that's a, maybe those are style points that I've learned from people that I looked at, and I'm like, okay, that person's cool. And I want to kind of be around that person. And it's, it's sometimes tough. But even in a setting where it's like you move to a new city, and let's say fitness isn't something that, that you're passionate about or something that you're doing. You're like, how do I meet new people? Or how do I almost get in with a crowd or a community? And if going, to, if, if going and having some drinks is something that um, is beneficial to you, or not beneficial, is something that you do or something that you enjoy doing, I'll, I'll give you this piece of advice. And this is advice that I have not only like learned from you know, a long time of moving around to different cities and different you know, areas of the world, but things that I've learned from people that I viewed, that I paid attention to about, hey, that's something that I want to be capable of or I want to be able to kind of have as a move in my pocket because of how well it worked for them. Now, I understand too that not, it doesn't work the same for everyone. But here's some advice, and I want you to try it out. And even if you're in a city that you know everyone, or there's a city down the road, or there's a, there's a, there's a town across the way that, that you don't know anyone, what I would recommend is go into, you know, do some research and go find a, a popular bar, a popular bar restaurant. And what I want you to do is you can go there solo, you can go there with a friend, but if you're going somewhere solo, if you don't know anyone in a town, go to the bar, you sit at the bar, you can order a, order a drink, whatever it is that you want. If you're not a drinker, order some food. And you sit at the bar quietly with a smile on your face. And the key point here is, is not to let everyone know hey, I'm here to try to make some friends and fit in with the community. The key part there is being okay being by yourself. And you, you know, let's say I'm going to go and I, you know, I order a Viva Tequila Seltzer if it's somewhere in Boston. Or you know, uh, drink a little bit more universal. Let's say there's a Miller Lite. I order a Miller Lite at a bar. And I just kind of sit there watching the game, having a good time. You know, I'm not constantly on my phone, but if you need to pull your phone out for any reason, enjoy the beer. Tip really, really well. If the bartender reaches out to you or someone out, they reaches out to you, same kind of thing. Give them a response. See if you can get them talking. That's how you can create friendship, but it doesn't need to all happen right away. Get a tab for an $8 beer in Boston because that's about as cheap as it's going to get. And tip $10 on it, you know, if that's within your realm of possible. And leave without saying anything. Because the next time you come back to that bar, if it's the same bartender, they're going to remember exactly. They may not remember the cool place that you were from or what your name is or anything like that, but I promise you, they will remember, this is the person that tipped me over 100% for one beer. Then, not only are they going to want to serve you, but they're going to want to know more about your story. It's almost like a setup into someone being more interested as, why did this happen? Why did this person do that? And then the conversations start flowing and then you can, you know, they're going to be the person who's like, oh my gosh, you're from Boston. Uh, this person over here who's a regular always comes from Boston too. Now it's, you know, this communication piece of it, but staying in that same realm of learning more from other people. And, and that's how to get that, those people that are speaking more interested in what, what you're doing. And then you have those commonalities rather than it being like, you know, you could have 
someone who has the exact same interests as someone else. And it's like, you're destined to be best friends. But if one person is so desperate to meet this other friend, and it's like, hey, this is where I'm from. This is what I love doing. Oh my gosh, I love doing that. We should hang out sometime. What's your phone number? We can get all this done. Like, maybe that works. But I think the long approach of, of pulling that information out of people tends to work better than trying to overload someone with your own information. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But that is something that people constantly ask me about, you know, not just in the fitness side of things, about social life. And I get that there's different things, there's different experiences. Um, and I think that's just something that's, that's, that's baseline, something you can do. And if you want to try it out, fantastic. But it's a way to meet new people. And you can rinse, wash, and repeat anywhere, um, kind of in the, same, in the same world. I've always thought about that with, with tipping and taking care of people. Maybe it's more money up front or initially, but in Boston, when I first moved here in 2014, I came and visited in 2013, there was a bartender who uh, my friends knew, so the, they introduced me. And then anytime I went to grab drinks from the playwright, he was a bartender, give me drinks, I'd always tip him really, really well. And then it was almost like, there was almost like this obligation maybe on his side to be like, well, I got to take care of this guy. They always tip me. And so it's like, the more you take care of me, the more that you tip. And it wasn't about this matter of like, oh, I hope I can get free drinks or I hope I can skip this line. Or at one point in time, you know, Connor's opening the side door and walking through the kitchen. Long story. But what that created, it was a lifelong friendship. And it just opens doors for that to happen. And I'm not saying the friendship was created because you're overpaying someone for their service or because someone is hooking you up with their service, but it allows that opportunity for two people to get to know each other rather than the other 200 people at the bar who want to be best friends with the bartender because they're the ones who are controlling the flow of drinks. It just makes a, a relatively easy way to you know, see who you'd want to be friends with. And gosh, this isn't even about fitness, but you know, an, another, another step to that is um, you know, in a past life for me, not anymore, um, talking to girls, going out and finding someone that you think is attractive and how do you approach them? How do you talk to them? It's almost like this is like life coaching type stuff, but it's from people that I've learned, I've seen it done, learned from them. And it's like trial and error. The first thing that I'll say is like, you can't be afraid to fail. You can't go in there not expecting if someone says, I have zero attraction to you, get away from me, as being an okay response. It's just, okay, see you later. And almost in that response, it's like, well, wait, why wasn't that person devastated when I shut them down? You know, as much as I don't want to be like, hey, it's all mind games, like, the key is opening the door. Outside of that, like, everyone's on their own. I can't, you can't trick someone into thinking you're a different person than you are. I mean, I'm sure you could, and there's like that, like, manip manipulative way. But um, a piece of advice that I've actually given to people and gotten positive feedback from in this realm, um, direct, like specifically, I go, how would I talk to a girl out at a bar? You know, one of, my, one of my interns is in college, and it's like, you know, how do I meet a girl? I just go up to her and buy her a drink. Now, other people might disagree with this, but um, I will never buy someone a drink in order to speak to them. You know, it's like, hey, can I buy you a drink? And like, what, to have a conversation? I think that's, 
I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to me. Now, if we go out together, will I spend money on drinks for you? Yeah, it, a lot, usually well beyond my means. Um, making sure that people, your friends, the, the girl or guy that you're hanging out with is taken care of. Yeah, for sure. But that let me buy you a drink thing, like it just kind of screams desperate and creepy. You know, have enough worth to be like, hey, this conversation is worth both of us having a drink, not just me buying you a drink to hear about what you have to say. That may sound rude, but let's just avoid it altogether. Um, one of the most beneficial ways I have found to speak to someone that you find attractive or that you, are, you like their smile or you like their attitude or you're, you know, you're kind of like scoping out the scene in a bar and there's a, there's a table of girls. And I only say this as a, as a straight male because that's the only experience that I have. Could it work with a girl with guys, a guy with guys, a girls with girls? I don't know. Likely. But this is all that I have experience on talking about. And again, way off topic from fitness, but you know, you can work fitness into the, the equation. Um, one of the things is I feel like people don't really want to be bothered. People always love attention, but they don't, they don't like that overbearing like need or want to be bothered. So getting to the point, um, something that I have done and seen successful is if there's someone, let's say there's a group of girls at a table, they're eating, they're having drinks, whatever it is. And there's one that just stands out to you. I don't know. Eyes, mouth, smile, outfit, hair, whatever it is, is approaching them in a very non-confrontational manner. And it can be in front of them or in front of the rest of the girls or just kind of by the side and just simply giving them a compliment, introducing yourself and saying, you know, hey, I'm Connor. I just, I noticed you from across the bar and I found you wildly attractive. I don't want to interrupt your girls night or, or whatever you have going on here. I just wanted to let you know that and then walk away. And people will, people will tell you, well, where's the follow-up? Where is that? There may not be follow-up. But a lot of the times when that happens, it is respecting someone's time. It is what they're doing out, but also letting them know, hey, I'm expressing my interest. It's almost like if you have a dating app, it's like, what is it, swiping right or, or whatever you do there. It's almost letting them know, hey, I'm, I'm swiping right on you, but I'm not going to sit around here and try to disrupt what you have going on. And then you can walk back over to your area and your friends. Maybe you make some eye contact later. Maybe you do some things. But odds are, if that person has interest, they're going to come up to you and be like, are you going to come back over? And it's like, no, I, I really genuinely didn't want to interrupt your night or what you're doing. I just wanted to let you know that I'm wildly attracted to you. And if they feel anything similar, then you start to move on with the conversation. Again, it's just that door opening. And I think the if I have like a general thesis behind this kind of rant of randomness, it is to present yourself and not be overbearing. And, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. And I, I definitely don't want to sound rude. I don't want to be like, hey, don't go up to someone and tell them your whole life story. This is, these are just things. This is just completely opinion-based. There's nothing factual in here. This is just an opinion over someone who has spent a lot of time from, from a very young age living by themselves in new cities and, you know, just approaching people and, and understanding and learning about what other people have going on and, and understanding that and remembering people's names. You know, it's funny. We just posted that. I just posted a clip of Ty being like, well, I have another best friend. I have another friend, but I don't remember her name. She couldn't remember one of her friend's names. And I love this. I love this because 
people all the time are like, I'm just bad with names. And I'm like, mm, bullshit. But I get it. I get some people are better with names naturally than other people are. And Hurley's probably in the back right now being like, I'm bad with names. You're not bad with names. You just don't prioritize it. Because I can promise you, if I were to say, hey, Hurley, if you can remember everyone's name that you meet for the rest of today, tomorrow morning you're going to wake up with $5 million deposited into your bank account. Guess what we're going to do? Yeah, we're going to spend a little bit more time remembering someone's name. When I got that handshake going on, it's not going to be the y'all, I'm focusing on handshake and eye contact. I don't remember. Like, I could meet someone at, at prior times. I could meet someone and be like, hey, I'm Connor. They could be like, hey, I'm John. And go, what's my name? I could be like, I have no idea. I was just focusing on this handshake and eye contact. However, if it's like, I need to remember this person's name, you'll do it. And I've seen this done at seminars. I saw Denise Thomas, who I'm so excited to work with. Um, by the time this comes out, it'll be, it'll already happen. But um, who I'm excited to work with next week. And one time there's an intern and the intern said the same thing. Oh, you know, you're really good with names. Yeah, Denise is good with names because she takes pride in her ability to remember people's names. Yet this intern was like, I'm bad with names. And she said, if you can't tell me everyone's name sitting in their chairs before the end of the day, you can't come back for day two with your internship. Guess what intern did? Yeah, remembered everyone's names. And if you make that a priority, you can make that type of stuff happen. I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, it's like with like the tie thing or remembering someone's name and taking the time to remember that stuff. It, it's, it's crazy because you have to actually, you have to really care. Maybe you can do it as like a, as like a, almost like a facade where it's like, I'm going to remember all of this stuff because then that person is going to find value in me. It's like, if you genuinely care, you'll take a little bit more time to listen when people are talking. But let's say that, you know, let's say the bartender who you tipped really well was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm John, whatever. I'm actually originally from uh, you know, I'm originally from Naples, Florida, but I moved up here and whatever. Okay, cool. Next time you come in, bring that up in the conversation. Like, oh, John, good to see you. And it's like, when's the last time you went back down to Naples? And it's like, wow, that person listened to me. And you'd be amazed by just that little bit of give a shit, how much someone relates to you. Someone's like, oh, this person was listening to what I had to say. And it's a unique thing that I've had to learn about this. And, and I, again, I'm still someone who's not batting a thousand. And I love to talk and I love to talk about myself. But there are times when I'm reminded people will find you to be the most interesting person they've met if you can get them talking about themselves. Ask one more question. Ask something genuine and remember it about someone. And if you do that in a fitness setting, if you do that in a bar setting to, you know, creating a community or even with, you know, even with a, a girl that you see out, whatever it is, like that extra level of care, I think can take you places. And it's, it's an easy way to not be overbearing. It's just to ask questions. I almost, I'm, I'm like thinking about that. Uh, what's that romantic com or that rom-com crazy, stupid love where, you know, Ryan Gosling is doing the whole Mr. Miyagi thing to uh, Steve Carell. And he's like, no, get them talking. And it was, <clears throat> it was so disingenuous in this scene. Steve Carell is finally like speaking to this woman and she's like, Oh, what do you do for work? And he's like, boring. What do you do for work? Like asking those questions, like you can answer a question, like have it be a genuine conversation, but remember that if you can get someone talking about themselves and expressing kind of that piece of it, they'll find you a little bit more interesting. 
And guess what? You're probably already really interesting. You probably have a lot of value to add to conversations. Wait for it to be added. You know how cool it is when I meet someone and like two years later, I'm, I'm, I find out something about them and I'm like, one, that's amazing. Two, the fact that you didn't tell me that right off the bat is even cooler. You know, another guy that records in this, in this studio, Kevin Cooney, just posted on his uh, story, his whole thing with like Gary Vee and how he wanted to get out of college debt. So he started flipping couches, like finding free couches or purchasing cheap couches and then selling them to alleviate his college debt. And I thought that was so unbelievably cool in so many different ways. Like, not only is this person, did they do something really cool, they set their minds to something, they did it, and they're not talking about it every single day. You know, it reminds me of the book, A Message to Garcia. It's one of my favorite reads. It's like a 10-minute long book. It's like a 10-minute read. But essentially, you know, it's like this messenger, Rowan, is tasked with delivering this letter. And instead of it being like, well, where is he? How long do I have? What modes of transportation do I get there? It was this type of person that takes the letter and says, okay, and they figure it out. And in this book, it talks about people that have that mentality will never be short on work. They will never not be needed and wanted in working and in communities. People who just have the ability to get stuff done. And that's what it reminded me of when he wrote that post out about then, then meeting Gary. You know, he had, he had seen Gary Vee in an airport and then actually met him because of his success, not just from flipping couches, but from doing incredible things. And it, like that fired me up so much because, you know, I had met him, you know, well over a year ago. And not to say I'm like close friends with him. Like he's, he's more of like the like celebrity type, but I've gotten a couple of opportunities to hang out with him inside the office, outside of the office. And it was just really, really unique. It's like it almost like made him cooler, not that he had just done that, but that, he was, that it wasn't something that I knew or wasn't something that was constantly promoted that he did. Um, and I think you can you know, think about yourself like that too. I'm not entirely sure if there's any, any bit of fitness that's happened or, or conversation that's happened in here, but um, you know, a lot of times fitness is our passion, but finding the right community of people is, is something that is... Um, is important for consistency and fitness. So it's not just about, hey, I can do something one time, but when you have a community of people. Um, for instance, um, I started participating more in other people's fitness groups. Hey, how are you? And the reason why is because I, I may not have ever been a part of those communities. I done the, I did the Noble Run Club and because of that, met the director of events for Noble, who wants to now do things with, uh, you know, Be Fit and Big Night Fitness and, and launching footwear and apparel, like really cool stuff. But I didn't plan on that when I went there. I'm like, hey, here's a community of, of crazy people that like to run at night. Let's see what this is all about. And guess what? They're all pretty dang good people. You know, people who are willing to, to work hard in times where like you don't necessarily have to. Um, Southie Run Club, or maybe it's called Run Southie. I know someone tagged me in an Instagram post. Like, we meet at Loco at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. And I was like, cool, I'll see you there. And you go, you know what? A bunch of awesome people. Not typically people that I would hang around, not people who would be in a CrossFit affiliate or who may be out at, at, uh, at big night events or nightlife. But man, some really interesting and awesome people I got the opportunity to meet. And I didn't go there being like, hey, everyone, I got a fitness podcast. Because they probably all would have been like, 
no one cares, man. And it just got to go and, and meet other people and, and hear their stories. You know, there was a, there's an army guy who is here on, on orders for a year. And because he was wearing a, like a Virginia Beach 10K. And uh, the option, you had like a 5K run or a 10K option. And in that, I was like, I'm guessing you're running the 10K. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm like a military. And he's like, yeah, I was in, you know, in this branch. And I got to like chat back and forth about that. I'm like, man, what a, like a cool person. What a psychopath for waking up at early in the morning to run a 10K. I was like, I'm doing the 5K route for sure. And then on the run, you're just, just meeting people and chatting about, you know, commonalities that you have and asking people questions. It was, it was really cool. And there's a lot of opportunities that can come from that about putting yourself out there, not being overbearing, being genuine, and asking one more question, learning more about people. Um, before I start rambling, I don't know, maybe we just cut it there. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this. You could be like, hey, Connor, you're just, you know, you're just full of yourself and none of this makes any sense. Like, I can take feedback, especially when feedback comes in consistent. You know, I'm not going to necessarily say I'm going to change my life from it, but usually with feedback, there's some truth in there. And then if it's something that benefits you and it helps you and it's like, hey, this was really great. Here's also something that I did. It's like, you know, we can also help each other. It doesn't always have to be like hitting on girls at a bar, but it's like how to, you know, how to expand your friend group, how to expand and network more. You know, the amount of times that good things have happened to me work-related haven't had anything to do with my education. Um, I have no formal education, by the way. I did not go to college, barely graduated high school, but more so of application of what I wanted to do rather than the actual intelligence. At least that's what I tell myself. But moving forward, it's... um, it's connections. It's people that you know. It's doing something for someone. You know, you, you put someone through a great training session and then they say to their friend and then that person does this. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Again, now I'm just like, hey, I'm not going to ramble, but watch me ramble right now. Um, appreciate everyone listening in, queuing in. We're going to try to be a little bit more consistent. I know we usually record on Tuesdays, release on Thursdays. We're going to get back to it. And I know what everyone wants is Ty to be here in studio it's going to be just fans all out there in front of the window. She's a star. I get it. She's the superstar of the show. Um, and um, yeah, we're going to charge her even more for studio time now because, you know, this expensive studio doesn't pay for itself. So uh, look forward to hearing your feedback. Thank you for queuing in. You can always follow us at Big Night Fitness uh, on Instagram or www.bignightfitness.com. Oh, January 18th to the 22nd, Sarah White, the coastal yogi, sorry, Sarah Mangelson, newly married this year, husband Zach, outstanding human being. Her and I are doing a fitness retreat, Be Fit Adventures. Expect movement. We'll go over squats. We'll go over deadlifts. We'll go over presses early in the morning, kind of lighter, to then ramp up to the pinnacle piece of it, which is Sarah's yoga sculpt classes. From there, there's daily adventures, there's boating, there's skate parks, there's zip lines, there's all sorts of stuff. And then just team building events at night from just having dinner together to doing some really, really cool connection pieces that Sarah does. More information on that, if you go to bignightfitness.com and then click on the tabs, 
BFIT Adventures. It's going to tell you all of the information, starting prices. Grab two friends. The three of you can come down here. It is all-inclusive. When I mean all-inclusive, I mean everything from the top-shelf booze to the low-shelf booze to the fancy dinners to the not-so-fancy dinners to the buffet to the fitness to the everything is included. If you have any questions, reach out to Sarah or myself. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be cold in Boston. It's going to be hot in Mexico. It's a brand new resort. It just opened like April of this year. Five-star Margaritaville, uh, Riviera Maya. It's going to be fantastic. Hit the plug button. Uh, we love you guys. We love Big Night Media. Thank you to Hurley for uh, getting all this stuff done. See you guys next week. Thank you.